All right, everybody. Welcome back to Air Yards. This is a football podcast for fans who like to sit at the bar and talk with their friends. I am your host, Brandon Kwok, here with my co-host, Ethan Lee. And this is Season 2 of Air Yards. Uh, We are continuing our discussion on divisional breakdowns and kind of general talk around the NFL. Uh, But before we do that, uh, we want to give you guys a few life updates first. Uh, Ethan, why don't you start? Um, at the minute, uh, I'm a kind of, well, to be honest, a bit of a shell of myself, the way, uh, things are going just with the NBA playoffs going on so long. I'm spending, you know, maybe two, three nights a week getting only a couple of hours sleep if I'm up till, you know, four or five a.m. So, uh, the sooner that's over, the better really for my, uh, kind of health and also for energy to like do anything outside of work and sleep. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, not gonna lie, I'm real happy that the Bucks are kind of out because thinking about it now, holy shit, that would take just so much out of me, and every time, oh yeah, every time, it's not even it's not even just the kind of not getting much sleep. It's also the like mental anguish and like stress and the the headspace. It's really uh, hopefully tonight is uh, the last night I have to worry about it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, uh, how about you? Uh, whew. well, it's been it's been an interesting couple of days. Uh, lots of stuff going on at work. I found actually work is going to be paying for my uh continuing education, which is phenomenal. Oh, that's always good. Yeah, I always appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? And then, so I get to do that. Um, I get to go to uh Toronto actually in October, which I think I've. I've told you about, but I don't think I've mentioned it on air. So. Oh yeah, you're going to uh, well, you're going to like Mississauga, but like yeah, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> Ish. It's maybe like what thirty minutes away. It's fine. Okay. So anyhow, that'll be cool. So for me personally, that'll only be the second time that I get to go out of the country. So super stoked. Um, All happen in the same few months. Actually, that is quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, that's pretty much it. Life hasn't really slowed down. Work is just very, uh, work is a lot right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you seem to keep yourself busy. Yeah. Well, you gotta. So, all right. Um, I think we should talk about some people. Or do you want to do Critics Corner? I don't know. It's up to you. Um... Great. See, the problem with uh, watching someone's basketball is I don't really have any great people problems well actually i kind of do but they're mm, not safe for air maybe i maybe i'll like, kind of come back to them what, a different what do you mean life. they're not safe for air i don't know but people may or may not listen and it may or may not apply to them or they may find themselves identifiable okay so That's i'll have fair. to you know like maybe workshop it and come back another week with it you know maybe a bit more vague fair okay yeah. Um. Other than that, Critics Corner. I haven't seen much recently. Have you ever uh, watched the Black Mirror series? I haven't. Okay. Um. You're missing out. They're pretty good. They just dropped uh, three new episodes, and uh, I think the second one was really good. It's uh, basically that one in particular is about like the social media kind of companies and how you at one point the police are trying to, like, find out more about this, like, suspect, and they're, like, fake Facebook in, like, the show 
know way more than the police because of the man's like social media profile and that sort of thing it's all like kind of very on the nose but it's quite realistic to you'd imagine okay and it's just uh well done and uh interesting in this wonderful but weird world we live in yeah no i mean it was definitely on my list of things to watch actually no i do know what i've watched recently and for those of you who haven't been keeping up with hbo you easily easily should there's a lot of good stuff coming out but black mirror was something that i think i just kind of missed the window and never really was like oh i should do this and then when they did that yeah. whole like interactive episode i was like this just feels like a gimmick because i because i don't like yeah, the show to begin with that was pretty bad that was like the i didn't like the interactive thing either right so i just kind of passed it off but i have i don't know if you have uh hbo's chernobyl oh i actually that's on my to watch list holy fuck it might be one of the top 10 best shows ever made like hands down. oh yeah it is incredible what they were able to accomplish with only five episodes yeah, I think I'm kind of coming around on your miniseries and that sort of thing. I kind of like when they come in, they say, you're going to do five, six episodes, and that's it. We're not going to try and drag it out, or... HBO is easily the king of miniseries. Like, they are so good at it. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, everything. I mean, Big Little Lies, well, now Big Little Lies is the second season, which episode one I thought went really well. Um, so, opening up my... <laughs> I guess my life to what I watch. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was great. Uh, the night of was fantastic. Sharp objects was fantastic. Uh, really, they just do a lot of great work with these miniseries. I mean, even Band of Brothers is yeah, Band of Brothers episodes, the but it's yeah, literally, you know, just one season. So yeah, they do a lot of good work. And I, I think there's there has to be something to that where these shows that are you know in syndication on big networks they they lose a lot of their creative power just because they're like oh we got to keep up all these episodes we can't use up all of our firepower where hbo is like fuck it put all the good things in here now we'll do less episodes and it'll be a better show and we'll just come up with a new show next year i think whoever kind of works in securing shows and how they run them definitely has like a kind of formula for success Oh, easily so, do you want to talk about people at all? I don't. You can. Like, I'm. I just. Uh, okay. I don't this week. That's so, fine. But I'm That's all fine. yours. I'm all for it. I mean, this isn't a big one. I was having a lot of trouble coming up with something. Um, but recently, I've noticed like people who need to alter their form of communication. Like, they call you about something that could be texted, or like you're at work and they walk over to your desk for something like that. They could just email you or like. I am you at work. <laughs> and this is like easily yeah. like, uh, this is something that you could fix very easily by just doing that. Like I've got somebody who comes over to me and says, Hey, I need this. And it's like, dude, just email me or do what you're supposed to do at your desk and put in an alert and I'll fix it. But when you come over yeah. here, then I have to have a long conversation about it. Then you stand over my shoulder and like, this is all adding terribly. Like you're spending time away from your job, trying to find me wherever I am. I guess I don't, See, I agree with what you say in principle. I just think I don't hate actual personal interactions in the workplace instead of, you know, constantly, you know, sending back and forth emails to someone that I might not ever really deal with and I might not even know what they look like. But I 
you have to deal with them regularly. They could be in the same office. Okay, sure. So, so this is an instance where it's like something that could like, can you print this for me? Like, yeah, you don't you don't need to come over here and ask me that. Like, hey, can you do this? It's like just send me an email and I'll do it. The, the especially with the layout of what this is, it's someone walking so far to me, and then the printer's basically right next to them. <laughs> Yeah. Like, okay. That's a bit different. It feels like a big waste of time across the board. But anyhow, that's my that's my issue. People, optimize your time. Think about what you're doing before you do it. Think about the other people involved. That's, I guess, a better way to to phrase this. More consideration is never a bad thing. No, absolutely not. Okay. Are we talking about some uh, football? I think so. I uh, and I told you this in our group text today. I am just at such a high level of hype for this season. You really are. I'll, I think I should let you lead off because I'm not there yet. I will once basketball is done. I just need that out of my life, and then I can uh, switch focus. And I think that's it. Okay. So I also, to be fair, I watched just like a couple videos from like media covering uh, Packers locker room stuff, and there was like a nice long conversation that Aaron Rodgers had, and I'm just like, fuck, I can't wait for this to, for like him to just do Aaron Rodgers things because I love watching him. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I'm real, I'm real excited. I love the buzz that's happening around certain teams. Like I said, the Browns are fucking awesome right now. Um, you know, Packers have a new head coach, so I'm really excited to see that the Patriots maybe have a chink in their armor. So who knows? Maybe they'll actually fall this time. It's just a very exciting time and there's no reason not to get on the hype train because there's no repercussions. Nothing's happening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's literally nothing else going on other than, you know, reports and interviews and conjecture. Well, we do have a few things going on. Um, OTAs and mini camps are finishing up right now, which is why I was watching all of those videos. So, and I, I don't know if you picked up on any Chargers or other NFL news I from these mini camps. I only followed some of the Chargers stuff, and that was more, you know, players that didn't come to the. Uh, you know, the OTAs, but then attended the mandatory camp this weekend, that sort of thing, but nothing really. Um, there was a kind of worry going around that uh, Nasir Adley, the second-round pick, uh, had a kind of bad injury, but apparently he's going to be fine. So okay. other than that, it's pretty quiet. So yeah, I mean, like there's there's no real reason to, to get too deep into who didn't show up and why typically it is about contract. Unless it was a big deal. Like no one big held out, I think, as far as I'm aware. No, definitely not of anything mandatory or like they like there are some players that never really go to the first couple of uh optional camps. You know that's just par for the course. But I didn't see anything kind of major like you know, like Le'Veon Bell. Right. So there's nothing really huge going on there. Just if you if you are a fan of a lo- of a team, follow their their feed. We're not going to to dive too deep into it unless it's kind of national news um, yeah you'll get some content yeah i guess going a couple weeks back duke johnson requested a trade and there's still been a lot of chatter about that coming out of the browns locker room today actually there was a report that came out that some vets in the browns locker room actually approached baker and said hey you did not handle this well because baker called out duke johnson saying if you don't want to be here then your attitude is the problem oh right so and they're like that, yeah and like all the old guys are on the team are like Baker, we get it. You're you're you know kind of gonna you're gonna be a star in this league, but like earn your stripes and don't be calling out other guys on the team because that's how you 
That's how you fracture the locker room real quick. Especially not at this stage, you know, it's kind of, I feel like he probably won't get moved until, you know, maybe like August training camp. You kind of similar to uh, Corey Coleman last year, where when you get to that stage, you can't really afford to have a disgruntled player kind of hanging around the team. And also other teams start to see what they have with players they may have to take a flyer, flyer on, and they might think, oh, you know what, let's go get Duke Johnson. He's established. He can give us this. So I think there's not going to be much movement, really, on that for other couple of months. No, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason for the Browns to move him right now. His market's not terribly high. Also, I have no reason to believe they wouldn't move him. They, he might be traded middle of the year. Uh, if you think about it, yeah. they have Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson, and they don't really have a great depth at running back. They get they have a Kareem Hunt. But he's suspended for the first eight games of the year. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason for for Duke Johnson not to hang around at least until that point, and then they're like, "All right, see ya." That makes more sense. So yeah, you're right. I mean, he's he, and especially with want saying you want to be traded is usually never. No one ever really wants to come out and get you unless you're like a stud, and he's just yeah. not a stud. Sorry. No, definitely not. So, all right, moving along. Uh, the Texans fired their GM last week. Uh, too far after the draft. Uh, and in other GM-related news, the Jets hired their GM. I believe it was Joe Douglas from the Eagles. Oh, yes, from the Eagles. So, um, yeah. Hey, is it me or did I see some report that, like, Todd McShay was going to come in as, like, an assistant or something wildly? That Maybe I'm getting my wires crossed, but I saw something that there was, like, some media, you know, ESPN insider media member linked with a job like that. Uh, you... I don't know. I haven't seen anything about that. I wouldn't disbelieve it now that, you know, Mike Mayock is over in Oakland. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like that trend with, with, you know, now John Gruden and then Mike Mayock. And it's just like, just because they're talking about football doesn't necessarily mean they know football. Yeah, there's a, there's a few um, articles saying that Douglas might be considering Todd McShay. Okay, well... He says, he says, you know, we're, he's a good friend, but we're talking to a lot of people. That's fair. I, I, I'm more of a fan of bringing a new guy or bringing someone who's like a, an up-and-coming name because that's kind of the point of the sport. You know, it's renewal and rebirth and constantly yeah, having old people around just doesn't make it fun. But anyhow, we haven't talked about this on air. What, what are kind of the, the ramifications of firing your GM right after the draft? Um... Well, just as it uh, doesn't send a great message, first and foremost, it's where your franchise is at. You know, you let someone conduct a draft and then you fire them right away. It kind of shows that you really aren't happy with the work they did. So then you've got rookies coming into this team and they feel like, you know, if you go into somewhere new and the GM welcomes you in and drafts you, you feel like you've got a kind of friend on side, if you know what I mean. Like you've got this like... You have someone there believes in you, who's got your back, whatever, and then there's gone out from under you. It's a bit of a kind of weird feeling, I'd imagine. Uh, sure. I mean, so to be honest, from what I understand about GMs and their their drafting process, typically they have their board, but then for especially like later round flyers, GMs aren't you know scouting all of the guys from four, rounds four to seven and then undrafted free agents. It's very much like the regional scouts who are pushing for these players, and you know the GM yeah. lists them. So. I guess you could make that case that 
rounds one through three, the guys have a, a guy on their side. At the same time, though, as a kind of looking at it from a business and a franchise side of things, if you are not happy with the product that the head of your company is basically putting out there, someone's got to go. Right? Like, yeah, no, I agree. Um, ultimately, everything this team does falls in the GM. So if they're not performing the way that they're supposed to, so, like GM's not going to make it. Yeah, no, I agree. I do think in the Texans case, I think Bill O'Brien was like primed to get fired. But they went on that run last year that kind of saved his job. Like, I'm not convinced he's a good coach. I'm not either. I think he has lucked into some talent, and yeah. that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree. So, I don't, I, I'm very interested to see what they do with all of these vacancies, or I guess like with with these GMs getting fired. I hope that doesn't become a trend. You know, I, I've never been a fan of firings mid season or firings early in the season for. You know, when, when you can't really tell the product, the, the, especially because. The Jets felt maybe like it was the right time, not the right time, but like they hadn't performed. The Texans made the playoffs last year. I feel like their roster wasn't terrible, so. Yeah, and also then you're bringing in someone new with very limited scope to make an impact and make things happen. You know, like free agency, for the most part, is done. The draft is done. I mean, you can still kind of make trades and, you know, move and shake that sort of way, but it is a bit of a weird scenario to come into. Yes, the, the, bandwidth, you're, you're essentially, for, the bandwidth for changing and making impacts is definitely much smaller than it would have been six months ago. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and then the last bit of news kind of tied along with that, the Patriots are actually filing tampering charges against the Texans uh, for it, trying to interview one of their staff. For the oh, I didn't see this. Yeah, that that's a today story. So that's very, very breaking. Um, very interested is, to see uh, how that goes. Patriots on the attacking end of a lawsuit is something that the NFL typically doesn't see. Yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty ironic, but uh, good for them getting to throw their weight around. Yeah, let's see. All right, so getting into what we are actually supposed to be here about, we have a slight plot twist. I know last time we were on the air, we had said we'd be talking about the NFC East. Well, that's no longer happening. So, no. please tune in next time or whenever we end up getting to the NFC East. Our ghost producer has decided that we are going to be doing the NFC South. His reasons are unknown, and we will probably never know why. Yeah, this is for stuck with it. So. Um, that's fine. It's another. It's an interesting division. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it's a little bit less clear-cut than the NFC East. I mean, we'll obviously talk about that when we get oh, there. Yeah, definitely. This, it's much more competitive. So, and I think, let's just jump right in. Um, for me, I think, I guess, kind of following up on storylines from last year, the Saints were the kind of the kings of the class. I think the rest of the division underperformed to what they typically do. Um, but, yeah. So going forward, I think the Saints are trying to avenge their NFC Championship game kind of phantom no call um which actually again they uh the nfl referee they got the rules changed yep they got the rules changed they just released an update to that today i have not had a chance to read it um so we will make a big a big deal about that at the opening of next podcast but yeah i mean uh, 
I think we should really just kind of start maybe from the bottom up. Bucks? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I wrote in my notes, who cares? But uh, the I don't know what to think of the Bucks, really. You know, they coaxed... They did coax Brooks Arian out of retirement. Which I think is a weird... It's just a weird move from him, right? Like, why? Yeah, I mean, you're clearly... It's one thing if a winning team just thought they needed to change their coach to, like, get over the hump, and they thought, oh, we'll go get, you know, an experienced guy to come in for, like, two years, or, like, we're in a win-now mode. But then to someone, like, retired to come out and take on, like, a shit show of a project? Yeah, that, that makes no sense You to have me. to believe this is the Buccaneers' kind of, like, <laughs> last attempt at making something out of Jameis. Right? Like, Arians yeah. is known as a QB whisperer, and to have him come in and hopefully fix everything that's kind of ailing Jameis would hopefully maybe get the, the franchise on track, because the, the rest of their roster isn't really that bad. There's some bad additions in certain areas, but the rest of it, you know, is serviceable. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think that it is... Like you said, like kind of the last chance hurrah for Jameis because, you know, if they're bad this year, we're looking at a pretty good quarterback draft class next year. So there's no reason why Tampa couldn't, you know, reset and pick someone again next year. So Sure, and, th- and then you have an established head coach already in the room. So that, I, that move, I mean, I guess thinking about it more, it makes sense. Yeah, broadly, but... uh. Even, like, well, they signed Ndamukong Sue. Like, I mean, if you've got the money, you have to pay people. I get it, but... Wait, they did? Yeah. When? A while ago, I think. I... This is... I cannot believe that I missed this. I'm... You... I'm gonna do some <laughs> research on this while you can continue talking about the Buccaneers. <laughs> well, I'm glad I wrote Who Cares in my notes. Um... Holy shit, he did sign with the Bucks. Yeah, I, I remember just thinking it was just a massive waste. I, and they released Gerald McCoy, but they signed Indomitian Sue. That's what I... You know, I just don't really get what's going on. Yeah, I don't... That like, is sense. Ronald Jones going to play? Like, I... <laughs> is, uh, sorry, I just... I have that exact phrasing in my notes. Yeah, so is like, anyone going to free Mike Evans? Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, they lost... Uh, what is it? Adam Humphreys. They and Deshaun Jackson. Lost Deshaun Jackson. I don't even know who their number two receiver is right now. I guess they have a very good one-two punch at tight end with um, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. So uh, that's fair. I'd say it's fine. I wouldn't say it's very good. If we're looking at tight ends across the league, you have your top three, a bunch of like just like maybe this guy will play well. Like They've got two guys who are, I think, in the top 15 in tight ends. Uh, maybe. Um, they have KJ Brent and Chris Godwin. Oh, Chris Godwin should be relatively yeah. serviceable. Oh, they have Brashad Perryman as well, who's not very good, but... Uh, yeah, kind of a career resurgence of the Browns, a little bit. Yeah, a very little bit. God, Peyton Barber, this team sucks. Jesus. Jameis and Blaine Gabbard, good God. Yeah, not good. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for this team at all. No, I mean, looking at their schedule right now, they play really no one great. Um, outside of their division, it's really just 
Jags, maybe Colts, Texans. That's it. So the AFC South. Yeah. Everything else is kind of a. Oh, they do play the Rams. So I, I don't. This just feels like they're one year away from actually doing anything. Maybe even then, that's kind of quarterback dependent. Uh, True. I would put them at what, like four wins, four and twelve. I have them at five. Um, I, mean, I think that they can split some with the with the Panthers. They play the Giants. They won five last year. Oh, I don't see them being better than they were last year. No, I don't see them being better. But I mean, like they, I think a coaching change is huge. Yeah, that's true. And they were. Yeah, I just, I just think like the coach they lost a lot of talent, but the coaching change will make a difference. Yeah, so. but I just, you know, from my perspective, also you have to remember they like stole two games against uh, the Eagles and uh, who else? Did they beat the Saints. They did beat the Saints. Yeah, like that's not happening again. But I mean, look, who knows? I mean, four and twelve, five eleven. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. Yeah, far and away the worst in the division anyway. Yeah. So okay, we'll move on. Um, I think Panthers should be next. Um, I agree. I'm normally quite bullish on the Panthers, but uh, their schedule is just not easy. It's not easy. They feel like they have a talent deficit. Cam Newton has been hurt and is coming back. We saw what happened with Andrew Luck. Like, I just... This schedule does not make me feel good at all. No, definitely not. And you, they just... Well, it doesn't make me feel bad either. I mean, there's some soft tissue in here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's the kind of thing that I th- you know, they're guaranteed to maybe be middle of the pack but then if they're a bit better than we think they are or something's click or cams you know healthy and rolling they can get a couple more wins or it's not the case they can lose a couple it's that sort of way i think they're positioned to be potentially good but they could also i just have, then I have a problem with that they have no offensive weapons yeah at all they have dj moore and Christian McCaffrey. This whole team is Christian McCaffrey. That's true. Even Greg Olson's finished. Right. So, I don't know what what they're going to do there. Their defense took a step back. You know, they lost uh, Thomas Davis. The Peppers retired. I just, this is going to be, this feels like a rebuilding year. So, honestly, God, 2015, when they were in the Super Bowl, feels like it was decades ago. Yeah, I agree. Even you know the kind of big deal of signing Gerald McCoy is kind of like, oh, really? I I like their Will Greer pick. I mean, he's obviously not gonna play unless Cam's hurt. But I do like that. It feels like they're they're hedging their bet on Cam a little bit. Uh, I agree. I also wouldn't be surprised at all is if they get off to a rough start and Cam's not injured, but he's not healthy. If we saw maybe him getting shut down early or something that wouldn't surprise me at all. Gotcha. This is maybe a conversation for another day in another podcast, but do you feel that Cam Newton has a good Hall of Fame bid? Oh, I have no idea. Um, You know what? By the time it's all said and done, probably. I feel like he's he's kind of got like a Steve Young thing going. I mean, he Steve Young obviously was a better pure passer and won Super Bowls, but in the sense that he maybe only has a few years of impact, 
compared to like Peyton or Tom Brady, Brett Favre, that kind of quarterback. Yeah, I just, just think that the, what they were able to do as a dual threat is unbelievable. Yeah, and I also think that he he has an MVP, and also he's gonna have all these different you know, kind of revolutionary running records for a quarterback. Right, that's, that's think... what kind of I was going at. I don't think MVP is necessarily an indicator of Hall of Fame worthiness. Like, Matt Ryan is an MVP. He's not going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but that's because you have to then compare him to other quarterbacks like him, and he's just not as good, whereas, you know, Cam's going to come out, he's not, you know, good on like, these like, great passing stats, but he's going to... If you see, like, you could see a Sports Center graphic that says, you know, one MVP, all time, you know, quarterback, rushing leader, you know, yards, like all that sort of thing. I think that builds a much bigger case in a narrative than, you know, oh, MVP, but like, you know, the 12th most passing yards all time. Like, that's a bit harder to get behind. Well, if you've got 12th most passing yards all time, I think you're probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I do, but just as an example. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I think they'll probably get in, but that's, uh, who knows. Right, I mean, I, I see this Panthers team as a 7-9 and nine team. They are in the middle of the pack, but I think lower in the middle of the pack. It just, everything seems to be pointing towards that kind of season right now. Yeah, I actually had 7-9 and nine too, also because yeah. uh, after the Falcons had a you know rough year last year, they're going to, you know, be stronger this season, so I can see that maybe taking away from the Panthers as well. Right, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, so I guess we should move on then to the Falcons, who had basically a throwaway year last year, given the kind of injuries. You know, they tried for a couple of weeks, but you could just tell that unless they were going to, you know, dramatically outscore teams in a huge shootout, they didn't really have any hope. Yeah, which, like, they, I, don't, I don't actually know what they've done to address that specific deficiency, but I guess, like, they got people back from injury. So that's they're addressing the issue, the uh, the secondary and issues on their defense. Yeah, exactly. And whether the players are as good as they were pre-injury, it's definitely an improvement. Like, they were trotting out, like, third and fourth string practice squad guys last year. It was horrendous. Yeah, no, it was, it was truly a shit show to watch them. Um, and honestly, a lot of the majority, or the majority of their kind of picks this year and they're addressing needs one on the offensive side of the ball which i thought was surprising but it makes sense like they took two first round linemen which is a very interesting strategy for people with two first round picks it is bold but it also could be you know a kind of strategy in terms of if you can secure them on rookie deals and they're good then you've got like this four or five year run of them getting paid you on the kind of lower end of the scale Right. And I mean, it definitely, it definitely makes sense. And that was their biggest area of need right now. Like Matt Ryan was not, he didn't have all the time he needed. Uh, they weren't opening up running lanes for Devonta Freeman, who was constantly getting injured. Yeah. Um, they did lose Tevin Coleman, but I, I think they never really, once Kyle Shanahan left, they never really figured out how to use both running backs anyhow. So yeah, not a big deal. I'd agree. Uh, they got JJ Wilcox and uh, they had Adrian Claiborne as well. Did they bring him back? Yeah, I think they did. Okay, so yeah. that's good. I mean, defensively, I've, I've always thought that they were... They, I mean, I think they re-signed Granny Jarrett, which is the right move, yeah, obviously. Yeah. 
Um, they got Deion Jones back from injury, I think, early last year, but he'll be really back now. Um, who is their safety? Keanu Neal, is that it? Yeah, 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 that's him. Yeah, so he'll be coming back from an ACL, so that'll be interesting, but I guess as a safety, it's, and I think he plays strong safety as well, like, I think he'll have a little bit of an easier time back. Yeah. Everything just kind of looks the number two cornerback is I think the one area where they might have an issue in their secondary. Everything else, this team looks very very solid. Yeah, I think they have a much better platform to build up for this year. And again, barring you know, bad luck with injuries, I think they can you know, regain their status as the second best team in the NFC South and be an outside, maybe not contender, but you know a tough out that you'd hate to see in the wildcard run or whatever, because on their day, they are lethal. Right, and they, the only problem to that is they have a really shitty schedule. Yeah, they really didn't kind of get dealt any favors by the uh, scheduling committee. No, we, Vikings, Eagles, Colts is a very tough first three. Um, we know the Seahawks are not going to be as good as they were last year, but they're still a difficult team. Still don't want to have to play them. Like, it's still no. not a kind of gimme at any means. Right, Rams are going to be difficult, uh, Texans, I mean, it's just, this is this is not not easy, I mean, they and obviously two games against the Saints. Yeah, and then even their division, they have to play the Panthers twice, they're really, it's almost like a championship kind of level schedule, this, every time you go down the list, you see good team after good team. Yeah, definitely, like I see really only... Four easy-ish wins, you know, Bucks, 49ers, car, uh, Cards, and who else? Yeah, two Bucks games, a 49ers game, and a Cardinals game. Yeah, um, I had them going nine and seven. I hovered over eight and eight for a while, uh, but I don't know. I just think that another year with. You know, Calvin Ridley looked pretty good last year for a rookie, and often rookie receivers can have a pretty tough time adjusting. So I think uh, another year in the season for him, them getting their injured players back. And I think uh, they can get back on track. I'm going to go a bit of counterculture here. I'm going to put them at 11-5. and five. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm doing it. Uh I re- I always, for whatever reason, I fear the Falcons as as a Packers fan. I feel like they're always just one step away from just like kicking it into high gear. I think this is the they they've addressed everything they needed to. I think this is the year for them oh, to really settle back in. Is a uh, Steve Sarkeesian still their OC? He is not. Oh, okay, well that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Right, and that's I think that's why I, that's what sold me on it. I was like, they can go eleven and five. It's gonna be a close eleven and five. Like that feels in the high end of their. The radar, yeah. but still. What do you? I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Like they have a tough schedule, but if they emerge as a good team off the bat and get rolling, there's no reason why they can't kind of do pretty well. Right. So, all right. I think we move on to the Saints. Yep. Uh, you can talk about them. I think they're going to be easily very motivated after last year's uh, NFC Championship game. I'm just super concerned if they can continue the level of play that they've had the past two years. Yeah. I mean, we we know that Michael Thomas is a beast. We know that um, Alvin Kamara is just fucking electric. But number two, three receiver always seems to be kind of iffy on the Saints. 
they don't really have a tight end. Oh, they got Jared Cook, but Jared Cook is like 33 now, and his thing was just being big and fast down the middle of the field, so who knows how that's going to play out. Um, they lost Mark Ingram, who had a second half of his 20s, was just lights out as a running back, and replacement just wasn't there. I, I just, I'm so concerned. Uh, I, I'm and I'm not. I think, you know, Mark Ingram wasn't super effective last year. He's still, you know, good running back, but I think bringing in Latavius Murray and Javorius Allen gives you kind of a couple of different looks you can throw in there instead of him. Uh, my I don't bigger... know. I just feel like Mark Ingram is so much more of a better compliment than any of the other guys. Like, he, he doesn't. You don't lose the passing game as much with Mark Ingram than when you do put in Latavius Murray. Uh, maybe, and I actually kind of like the pickup of Richard Matthews as well. But I'm more concerned with Drew Brees. I think you know maybe the last six weeks of the season he looked you know kind of rough down the stretch, and I did maybe jump the gun on this last season. When I thought he was going to have some kind of downturn, and I do think you know. Bar Tom Brady, time waits for no man, and uh, I'm interested to see how he comes out. And even if he has a good first couple of weeks, you know that's the thing when you get older is that the season is long, and you can be you know your old self the first four or five weeks, but then when you get into the dog days of late November, December, you know coming down to the stretch of the playoff run, that's when you can kind of run out of gas and just not have the same zip on your pass. That sort of thing, so that's more what I'm looking at for the Saints. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree. Um, I think, I don't even know who they brought in on defense to fix their corner issue, but I don't know, man. I'm just, I think they'll be, like, they're, it's the same thing as the Patriots. Like, they are in it until they prove me wrong, but I just, I have a bad feeling about this year for the Saints. Uh, I don't think about, like I think they're the best team in the division. I just don't think you know maybe I don't. they're oh I you know they might be like looking for revenge. I just don't think they are good enough to really you know I don't think they're gonna be in the NFC Championship game. I don't think that. Okay, so okay, so what do you put them at as a record then? Uh, I have them at eleven and five. See, I have them at ten and six. I think that they come in second. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense if you're being kind of bullish on the Falcons. Uh, it does. I mean, I could have put them at 12-4. and four. I mean, we know that the math on our schedules doesn't actually make any sense. But oh, not at all. I just, I feel like this is a, like, they've had two good years in a row. It just doesn't feel the same kind of, like, year of destiny like the last, last one did. Yeah, also, as great a coach as uh, Sean Payton is, you know, when you keep a lot of the same weapons on offense, there's only so much kind of reinventing of the wheel you can do. Right. So there might be a bit of kind of fatigue with even Alvin Kamara, who's been fantastic. He he should be at the peak of his powers on his his rookie deal. So you might even see him, unfortunately, get an injury or you'll see kind of some slowdown when, teams maybe start a game plan more for him, you wouldn't know. So I think that has to be kind of kept in mind as well. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I mean, I think that does 
pretty much cover the NFC South for us. But I do want to kind of continue doing what we have been. Best new edition, best or worst new edition. Um, I'm going to let you start. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Um, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. All right. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll talk and you can search and comment at the same time. Uh, Best... See that was that's tough because there wasn't a huge amount of people that were brought in, but okay. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go. Both of my both of my players are gonna be from the Bucks. How does that sound? <laughs> okay, um, that's fine. I have a best. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so so my first my best edition is Devin White. I loved that draft pick. I know he was pegged at the Bucks for a ton of uh, mock drafts, but he really does feel like a guy who can sit in that defense for 12 years and constantly be up for Defensive Player of the Year. Like He's just got all the measurables. He's got all the intellect. Everything you need from from basically your middle linebacker of the future. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that is because I didn't pay much attention to the draft, but uh, I will get Fantastic. to know... Well, when a football comes around, I'll take your word for it. Mine is uh, mine's actually Will Greer to the Panthers. Ooh. And that's because I like the kind of slight shift towards the future because, you know, Cam is injured for at least a couple of games every year, be it shoulder or concussion or whatever. And it just kind of torpedoes the Panthers' season in a lot of ways it's because their backup is like Derek Anderson or Tyler Heineke, or, you know, these players are just not going to win you a game under any circumstances. Whereas, although Greer's a rookie, you know, he has shown flashes and potential, so if he gets in, you know, kind of gets taken under the wing of, like, some kind of vet and, you know, works on his game, I, you know, he comes in, I don't think automatically, oh god, they're fucked. That's a good point. I mean, definitely, like, especially with everything going on with Cam, the importance of a backup that you trust is so understated. Yeah, like I'd rather have Will Greer and not know what I'm gonna get than I mean get like, like Nick Foles is like the shining example of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> then throw out so, Derek Anderson and know we're just gonna lose. So that's right. kinda where I'm coming from with that. And so, to get, get okay. him in the fourth round is pretty good as well. Oh absolutely. It's a great value. I mean he's a little older, but we know how long quarterbacks last. Yeah, except dude, there's no rush awesome. on them. Also, the Browns picked Brandon Whedon in the first round when Brandon Whedon was fucking 28. Yeah, that's, uh, so, that's a rough we, look. Yeah, there are worse examples. All right, I want you to give us our, your worst then. Um, My worst pick is Indomitian Sue because I just don't get it. I mean, Are we both going all Buccaneers <laughs> on this? <laughs> well, just for the worst, like, I just don't know why they bothered. Really. I mean... I like you have to pay players, but I really, really, really do not see the point in picking and paying wins. him. I mean, he's like, he's just a mercenary. He's supposed to get paid. Fair, and I, I guess he wanted to go back to Florida after spending all that time in Miami. But maybe I just really it just seems like with the, with this saying in Ireland, you know, kind of fur coat, no knickers. So, you know, like, the fur coat looks, like, nice and kind of flash, but there's nothing on underneath. That's what, oh, it feels okay. like. That's what it feels like. I gotcha. All right, so mine's a little less flashy. I'm thinking, um, what is it? 
oh my god, I can't even. Who's the? I, I like I had his name in my head and then I forgot it. He was the Packer safety last year. He was really, really, really bad. Now I'm thinking of like 2013 Packers safeties. But basically, um, the Bucks signed him. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, I don't know who this is. Is it Isaiah Johnson? It is no. not. No, he was really there. <laughs> Uh, is it Kentrell Bryce? Oh fuck yes, it is Kentrell Bryce. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe I blanked on that. Um, yeah. So Kentrell Bryce is their starting safety, and he is so bad. His biggest highlight was basically just he's a big hitter, but he takes poor angles to the ball. He can't play in coverage. Um, his man coverage ability is just shit because his lateral movement ability is terrible. Like he's basically your gunner on the punt coverage team yeah that you want because he's going to get down there kind of quickly and just destroy the returner you don't want that guy as your last line of defense in the passing game no you don't i like how you've just gone in on like an obscure buccaneers player i appreciate that. that's uh that's high level analysis you get only at air yards yeah so <laughs> i mean i think that's it's just a terrible pickup like why pay this guy to be your starter Especially when they they had other opportunities to, you know, I think uh, Trey Boston is still available, and he's a much better player. Yeah. All right, uh, I think that about does it for the NFC South. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think there's only so much we can really talk about at this stage of the game. Uh, well, mm, I guess news we didn't mention that uh, the Raiders are going to be on hard knocks. Oh fuck, you're right. Um, and we can get into that more as, as Hard Knocks approaches. Cause that, we'll save that for uh, like the AFC West or like yeah, right then. But yeah, just well, I, I think we'll we'll talk about it more when it actually airs. Yeah, but yeah, that that's be gonna fun. be exciting. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in in two weeks when I think next time we'll actually be talking about the NFC East. Um, I think if not, yeah, if not, we'll have another plot twist. Who knows? Our ghost producer is fucking maniac very temperamental so, what a weirdo all right so check us out on the web um Ariad's music was produced by kevin blue you can find him wherever music is found at kevin blue yeah uh, blu there's no e just uh so y'all are aware um twitter at Ariad's podcast facebook is Ariad's. i haven't posted on there in a very long time i will get back to doing that i'm sorry uh, Instagram I'm, is also at Airyards, yes. Oh, oh yeah, we've got oh, we have Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we do. <laughs> just shows to go. How, uh, goes to show how active it all is. Uh, I'm at Smell Five Five on Twitter. I am at Chips and Quack. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're Airyards. Thanks for listening. All right. See you next time, guys. Go Raps.